0: of 66 Deep. Today we've got a double upload because uh, at the time of this recording it would fall on Resurrection Sunday. But I also forgot that we had a little bit of um, this Stephen Furtick summary review that um, was posted. So um, you'll hear the rest of that now but there will also be a separate um, focus on Resurrection Sunday. So without any further ado let's hop straight into this one.
1: And this is what he doesn't understand because he's not called by God. Prophets uh, were stoned to death for standing and speaking God's word. They weren't saying I'm going to have a nice house. Where, where do we read that uh, You know, they, they had massive mansions in the midst of while well, there was famines and things going on. We don't see that but these guys have. Mm.
2: But I, I would I mean if you did a survey on this scripture, uh, Romans 8, 28 and ask Christians, what do you think this means? In what way is this applicable to your life? I'm pretty sure a large percentage of Christians we know think my life's gonna work out well. Um, because uh, that's, uh, that's what we teach. <laughs> that's what, misunderstanding that's we of scripture, the scripture, yeah. This is how we use the scripture though. So unless people have thought it through and read the whole thing and understood what the whole chapter is saying, most Christians will think this is what it's about. So again, for me, he's just highlighting something that we see all the time. Most people think that's what this scripture means. My life is gonna turn out okay. It might be bad and now. And have
1: the, you ever have you okay. ever wondered, Emily, why they never preach some of the teach other teachings of Paul and the Apostles where they talk about children of God being scourged when he I, calls them? You know, otherwise we are going to be illegitimate children. We're going to be bastards, he says, yeah, unless we are called. You know, if we are not, if we are children, then God will scourge us. Yes. Why didn't they ever preach that? I never heard TG Jakes ever say that he's been homeless. He's been without food. Like the Apostle Paul.
3: Or that some of his congregants are going to be homeless.
1: (laughs) Yes like peter said your enemies are going about you know having food and clothing let's be content there we didn't make anything about property
2: you don't get money that way though do you and and even if you look at our own uh actually i won't go into it but you know it's all about popularity it's all about growing in power and money and influence Pride,
1: ultimately and it's pride and these men are going to go down because they're they're raising their names above christ And God says, I will not have anyone above my son, Jesus. You can find scriptures there. He says, I've exalted you. Uh, Jesus said himself, "Um, all authority on heaven and earth has been given to me, therefore go. If anybody tries to raise their name above the name of Jesus, they don't last long. We've had pop stars that are blasphemed. They didn't last long. Now the last bastion of people standing in the way of the preaching of the gospel. And this is the hardest one, are the false teachers. And scriptures tells us that their damnation is secure. And they need to be removed out the way uh, because otherwise they are misrepresenting our Lord and we can't preach the gospel. So Jesus will bring them to account. They need to be bankrupted. They need to be moved out the way because they are preventing us. They may even turn against the true preachers. They may even turn against true Christians. I see people like him heading for Babylon, people like him heading to a church that's in allegiance with the world. They will all come into one melting pot where they will be exalting the Antichrist that is about to come. Now, Brother Parvier,
3: now here is the challenge, yeah? Because as Emily said, and I think it's not just that Emily said, but she's highlighted what, what is probably is a reality, is that you do find some of those um, manifestation, let me say amongst us. And when I say amongst us, I'm not saying Gloucester Street and I'm not saying not Gloucester Street, I'm just saying amongst us, you know, church of God of Prophecy, our, our New Testament, whatever. Um, now, just like what we call in him out. Um, you know, <clears throat> I'm going a little bit deeper. You know, the scripture says that, you know, judgment must begin. But so what is it if it begins at the house of God? You know, um, so if we find that our people, our preachers are, 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 are teaching these, um, these um, and having these kind of uh, approach and views on life, and on the promises of God, some promising people think that God has not promised. You know, uh, I think, you know, I mean, listen, Jesus said to his um, disciples, you know, when they asked him, they said, Lord, look, we, we have forsaken all to follow you. What, what, what are we going to get? <laughs> that was, that was a, And he said, yeah, you'll get your hundred fall in this life too with the suffering that comes with it. But at the end, you'll have eternal life, you know. So, so if you, if you're gonna get, so, so if you're gonna get um, the hundredfold in this life, you know, if, you know, and um, whatever that hundredfold is—a job, a wife, a husband, blah, blah, blah—you know, whatever it is, whatever suffering comes with it, expect that as well. Whatever temptation and pain comes with it, and bruising comes with it you know, expect that as
1: well hmm. isn't that the chastisement that the scripture talks about if we are without ch- chastisement you know we are not god's children these people don't want to suffer they don't have chastisement in their lives because their messages clearly prove and their lifestyles clearly prove they are not really preaching the true gospel because if they told people to repent they would lose their congregations they would lose the, their ministries. They would lose a, an awful lot.
3: And that chastisement that you spoke about, brother, primarily, mm-hmm. I think, I think Emily read it quite um, eloquently in that particular um, chapter. You know, um, the apostles speaking, that said there was the scourge of the earth. You know, that's chastisement, You know, you know, Job. What Job went through for God, Job didn't go through it. Um, Job was not a, a Job's Job's um, assault and that he suffered was not he was suffering for Christ, you know. Um, he he was an ex, he was being an example for us, so that's why the scripture could use him as a reference. Or remember the patience of Job, you know. God called him out for suffering, you know. Um, God put him on the battlefield to prove to prove to prove his love and his and his mercy and his and his and his wisdom. Um, you know against the adversary, you know so so you know um you, you know you know I think I think um, you know suffering, so any message that eliminates suffering is a false message because suffering is impossible for a child of God not to suffer if you're going to live i mean if you die if you if you die suddenly well we understand that 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 is that is in context you know but if we're gonna live as christians in this world we will suffer that's what the bible says very clearly it's impossible
0: Hmm. what i might do is um probably let it run up to this um 28 minutes and 31 seconds and then we can save it and leave it here for now. And then we can reconvene on this one. Cause I think like, I'm glad that we're doing it. Cause it's, it's, it's been a very fruitful, like it's been, it's been good to work through this, but then it's also been very fruitful turn to, to see the applications on how we see this in other places. And that's even enough for me to like, to, to think back on, um, cause it kind of encourages me to continue to press on with what I'm doing already. But then it's also like, how can we encourage people to do the same, and where those sort of like loose ends can be turned up. But um, what I'll do is I'll let it run um, up to this twenty-eight minutes and take one mark, so at least I know where to stop it. And then, um,
3: and, and you see the thing as well, brother Reese. Why context has got you know? Sometimes you say, yes, this happened to Sarah. Hmm. But I ain't saying that it's going to happen to every child of God. You know, yes. Sarah, Sarah giving birth birth when she's 90, 90 what years old? You know.
0: One thing I've learned very early on: narrative is not normative. Just because it happened to someone in the Bible doesn't mean it happens for you. And I do, um, I do keep that in mind when navigating through scriptures. And if I'm going to share something with someone, I will say,
1: "This
0: is what you can like. This, this is what happened in scripture." In its context in the time of human history these are the things that are going on at that time Mm. okay once you've understood (laughs) that there are things we can apply to it but it's not a case of because that happened for this person it will happen for me that's happened for that person for a reason in the midst of god's will and the story and uh, the whole thing that what was going on within the bible that's not Mm. you there's something that you can draw from it but it's not that because that's exactly what's happened for that person that's what can happen for you
2: Mm i think i think though no, because again thinking about the you know the type of um um religious places you come from in that for me sometimes i think the bible is seen more like a magical book mm. like <laughs> These are extraordinary events. That's why they're in the Bible. Exactly. Yes, you hear about Abraham, Sarah. What about the thousands of other people that were around, like the millions of people that were already around? You, you, there's obviously people who have a relationship with God. Melchizedek comes along out of nowhere, a worshipper of God, and Abraham meets so many people that you never see again. So there was people who had a relationship of God with God, but they don't have a mention, mm. you know, because it's not, it's not part of the, the story really. Absolutely. So I think, and, and this is why I think it's not just out of context, it's understanding what the Bible is. And this is not, it's not hocus pocus. It's not, it worked for Abraham and Sarah, therefore it will work for me. You know, if I do the things they did or whatever, you know, it. Mm-hmm. it it's not that it's, this is an account of somebody's life and it's there for us to see we yeah. get to see what God's like. Mm. We get to see yeah. how God is able to do miraculous awesome things. things. Yeah. It doesn't mean that everything that happens in the Bible will happen for us. So we do things like give seven praises. Why? Yeah. So the walls can come tumbling down. <laughs> what walls? What walls? What walls are we are we marching around when we march around some the church seven times? Well, There's no walls to come down. You well, know, it they're once. in the
1: minds, Emily, they're in the minds of those who don't understand the word of God. Well, it's some truth to it.
2: It's funny that that's should... what we do. Yeah, That's what we do, though. And I, I I, just find it very, very strange. It's like we must have learnt from now that it never works. Like nothing <laughs> actually comes down. We, there's no, none of us leave thinking, oh, my gosh, I really felt the walls come down in my life after all these years. We must know it doesn't work. So why do we do it?
3: And that's why it, we... That's why we're called to handle the word of God faithfully. Him, mm-hmm. you know, because, because, because you know, I mean, I, I dread people hearing 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 me what I'm saying now now. You know, because sometimes people there are certain things that are so sacrosanct that you can't talk about it in a in an objective way. You know, but um, but but that is it. There's nothing for me that's so sacrosanct that if I believe it's out of context that I will speak it. You know, so for example. Even if Daniel did fast 21 days, yeah, even if he did, why do we have to fast 21 days? Do we have Daniel's problem? You know, why don't we ever fast 40 days like Jesus or 40 days like Moses or 40 days like Elijah? Some do.
1: Some do it's too long. <laughs> Some do. Try to copy that.
3: You know, <laughs> you know, you know, why fast for three days? You know, you know, you you know when you fast, you fast until you are satisfied that you have either done what you should do. So you probably should fast until you end up in the grave. You know? so, so, you know, um, it, it is just this kind of a ritualistic thing. I think that we get out of context with the magic numbers that we feel that we must fully 21 days, three days, you know, uh, no, we're not called to do those things. And those are errors as well. You know? mm. i'll tell you
1: something interesting pastor williams this might shock you yeah um i think i may have shared it with you before but you know how ramadan is being celebrated Yeah. yeah. there is a movement within governments to try and unify religions there is a spirit at work trying to unify unify religions there was many years ago talk of a united religions you are you know how however united nations Mm -hmm. there's been undercut there's been a a movement to try and bring about a united religions and if you find common commonality and common grounds well jews fast muslims fast christians fast people never look behind this because i'm seeing that even in our church strange things coming along like the mention of lent and fasting and this and the other and you try and trace back and you look across do some research and find out why are they doing this why are i why are they? It almost sounded like one scripture, uh, uh, one website I looked on. It was sort of coinciding with Ramadan. Mm, mm. Unbelievable, you well,
3: know. Yeah, I, I, sorry.
1: Yeah, I was just going to say, Jesus said that you know when you fast, as you mentioned, don't, don't do it, you know do it in secret to your father. Mm. Yeah. Mm. yeah, yeah. This is
2: what I mean, and 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 is it. That you know I think sometimes we do it in a way that is so dishonoring to God so people see it as a time to to lose weight after Christmas and all that and I just think it's yeah so so again for me it's like there's so many things that I just see in my own circles that I just he doesn't seem you know, it, it's hard for me to look at it and go, "Oh, let's point the finger at this guy," because it just happened all around me, all the time. Well, not all the time. I can't say all the time, but so many times. And there's so many things that happen, and I just think, why do? We, why does this happen? Why do we do this? Why do we say this? It's not, you know, there's so many script like when we give giving offering. You know, the scriptures people are gonna say for offering to to force people to give basically, and you just think, well. It doesn't really, does it even apply to us now in this day and age? I would rather tell people God loves a cheerful giver, so if you're giving begrudgingly, just don't bother, because God wants a cheerful giver. You know, try and give reasons why people might that, so people can give joyfully rather than begrudgingly. Because, but all we care about is the money coming in, so we'll use scriptures that will make people feel guilty so that they give. And then god doesn't accept it so what's for me it's like unless god accepts it don't do it i don't you know i mean not one giving. thing i would
1: say emily is you know that the scripture the, the scripture encourages the individual it speaks to the individual paul is speaking to the congregations individually that when you give you know you should give god loves a you he wasn't saying to the pastors no he was saying to the individuals so each individual should assess their own conscience you will always get people asking for money and churches drumming this up you and god your relationship with him you have to say lord the lord knows whether you can give or not he gives it to you to give you know so you mustn't do it because you feel pressured that's the whole point of what paul is saying
3: yeah and unfortunately sometimes some of the way that it's done you know um, people do feel pressured you know i mean even if they wouldn't confess it yourself you know that people are pressured but but they only complain after the event you know
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, it, and and so it, it's these things that you know i watch and i just think man now and unless for me it's like as a young christian you know i was 15 and uh, when i became a christian so as a young christian i would have I would have accepted all these things. But as you start reading the Bible and study and you think, all oh, right, no, that's not, that's not what's going on. And I think it's easy. The reason why people like um, this guy can exist is because the congregations don't know the Bible themselves. Mm-hmm. So it's just easy to lead people astray. Mm-hmm. And we're surrounded by people mm-hmm. in our, our own environment that don't know the Bible themselves. So You can say anything. Yep. If I wanted to be a con man, a con woman mm-hmm. in our circles. And now I
3: could be. Of course. If I wanted to. Of course. And be- uh, yeah, of course. And, and that's it. Um, that, so we come full circle around to something that I'm always drumming on. You know, that's what the Bible says that you know, um, God has given you know apostles and teachers and preachers and whatever else, you know, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Why? So that. It will grow into the measure of the stature the fullness of the cross and no longer tossed around by every wind of doctrine. So in a sense, if we are failing to teach sound doctrine, like what the apostle tell Tim Titus to do, he says, if you do it, you will save yourself because God's going to judge you. You'll save yourself and them that hear you, you know, and so. This is where I would say that we are, and this is where I feel my whole calling is, is to find out, is to stick as gonna say as close as possible, is to stick to the scriptures, to the scriptures. And if I am and in an audience and I um, engage with anybody, for one thing, I might see a soul. Because I've done what God tells me to do, and if they hear me, then their souls, their souls is quite likely to be saved as well. You know, we do have that responsibility. That's what the apostle said to Timothy: "You will save yourself and those that hear you." You know, um, mm-hmm. so so we need to step. You know, the whole the whole Christian world and preachers and teachers need to stop the soundbite. Stop trying to please men. Stop trying to make people feel good. Teach truth. Truth is truth is painful too. You know, it's healing. It's a two-edged sword. It will do the good job, but in doing the job, it will cause blood sometime to, to spill. You know, so as Brother Paramia said, tension, tension is impossible. In, in a growing yeah. Develop, yeah, in a growing developing organization it's impossible not to exist yeah. you know you, you know where no tension exists is when all the prophets of Baal say with one voice you know let's do this you know but otherwise you have tension when you have um, the Micaiah come and say no that's where you have tension because why do you have tension because we're trying to find truth
0: hmm. I think if anything, I might, well, because there was, there's was two things I was going to mention, and I guess I'll probably wind up on this because it's coming up to 11 o'clock, was the, going back to the, the, the offering thing, um, when I was doing the, um, the last session I did with the, the school? but yes, um, had I, like, I was going through um, Luke's account of that, and um, to kind of show you like where it was like, where I, I hit a landmine of tradition. I'm not going to lie. Um, cause it's like with Luke, um, is it Luke six? No, let me find it on here. Uh, Luke six thirty eight, where it's like given, it'll come, uh, it'll be given to you. pressed down, um, good measure, pressed down, second together and rolling off. I noticed I was, like, I was reading through that. Obviously I'm following everything, cross-referencing everything. And then when I got to this scripture, I was going through. And in my head, I was interpreting it via the song.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And then that's, and I stopped, I was like, wait, hold on. What uh, uh, What's just happening? I literally felt my interpretation shift. It was so tangible. It was scary. <laughs> it shifted as I was like, hold on. Like, is this scripture about money? Or is it about something else? So it's like, okay, so let me look at the 37. And it talks about like, um, uh, giving, like, con- um, condemn or um, you'll, um, something along the lines of condemn or you'll be condemned, judge or you'll be judged, um, forgiven, you'll be forgiven, um, and then it says, yeah, give, and it'll be, um, it's just like, oh, so is God telling us to, to forgive others and be, like, very advancing with that? Because when you do that, it'll, that measure will be bring, back, be bring brought back to you. or was he talking about? finance, I was like, well, let me just look at all the varied, uh, let's see if if other people. And the first thing I came across with people saying, it's like, oh, this is usually interpreted for money, but if you read it in the context of what Jesus is talking about, it can't quite be alluded to that as important as giving um, your resources is, it it can't be seen hermeneutically how that's, um, how um, it could reach to that conclusion. But then it's like um, with the post I put on Instagram um, that said like sanctify them in your truth, your word is truth from John seventeen seventeen, but I took it further because um, with some of the things I was looking into, it made me think it's like you know what, like, in, that like with people like um, Vertic around and like, like the Kenneth Copmans and all these people, it's like well, how can these things go on? But then you, you realize it's because you know the word of God is close, so I. I mentioned I started with you know sanctify them in your truth because your word is truth, but I said, but your objective truth um, today remains closed. your pulpits are reduced to nothing more than towers of propaganda, prosperity, and performance. Your churches are run by wolves, and your sheep are taught to embrace heresy and shun sound doctrine. The adversary is blamed for the fruits of the mankind's depraved heart, and the works of the occult is accredited to your spirit. Now it. we sanctify us by uh, sanctify us by your truth because only your open and studied word is truth. Like the only way that that people like Stephen Furtick can get away with this is if the word of God remains closed. And if it remains closed, then obviously you haven't got a reference to find out whether God is speaking or not.
1: I think it's a bit more serious than that, Maurice, because Paul warns us that people will have itching ears. Yeah, Mm. Um, Itching ears, I think so. And the last days where they will not be able to endure sound doctrine Yeah. Mm. so on the one hand you know it's prophesied that because some will depart from the faith they will heap to themselves many many teachers having itching ears yeah mm. so in that sense you know they and john tells us that they, they are from the world these these people speak of the world of course it's the world because they use worldly psychology and these people they appeal to the flesh you know, shopping, finance, romance, all this and that, you know, money, um, self-worth, uh, my plans, this that, and the other. It's all worldly. There's mm-hmm. no difference between these men and and uh, they're doing better, in fact, I think, than the psychologists in the world who invented these stupidities. yeah? Mm-hmm. They're, making, they're profiteering. These men are abject failures in the world. They could not make a living in the world. But guess what they found? They found a plentiful place where they're, you know, a fruitful place where they can plant their demonic seeds and worldly deceptions where they can make money. Sadly, it's in Christianity, you know. Mm. Now, I'm not saying in the kingdom of God. I'm saying in Christianity.
0: No, 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 I totally agree with you because, again, it's like looking back at the fact that Jesus went to the scribes and the Pharisees and he called them yeah. children okay. of Satan.
1: Yeah, this guy <laughs> had a master's, master's degree, okay you know he, you know this is the more insidious part that they they understand the pharisees knew the scriptures
3: mm-hmm. you know
1: they but he is in more damnation because he knows the scriptures and he's twisting it mm-hmm.
3: and then they, they know the psychology of people as well you know they, they know the vulnerability of people you know when you're you know you know you know there are certain times in people's lives that you can you can literally almost make you can you can mold them into whatever you want to do you can get whatever you you know somebody who is who's got a sickness and illness they are very vulnerable that's why they they have the these principles of doctor and patient relationship because when you are vulnerable you're capable of of falling in love with anybody especially the person who who mop the sweat off your brow you know and um And so that's why in counseling and the funny thing is, you know, I don't know if you if you know this statistic, but I read it sometime back in in a book that is right here before it's called Christian counseling by Gary Collins, PhD. Um, In his book, he quotes um, that um, a certain percentage of counselors um actually f- and therapists actually end up um in in relationship with um their pa- with their patient with their um their clients and um and it's not a small percentage it's a significant it's a significant number that would be that you'd think it was alarming but they claim the claim is made by those people who do it that say like some people end up falling in love and marrying their patients yeah mm. and so and so in so doing, the patient, if you like, is cured. So it's almost like the hen justifies the means. So a lot of them end up in relationship because people come to you broken with relationship, with whatever else, you know, and they're and they're forging new relationship with the counselor and with this therapist, you know, and they see that as being uh, some people see it as a, a good outcome, you know. <laughs> you know, um so 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 what I'm saying, when people are vulnerable in church. And then, listen, we got to be honest, you know, there's a lot of very vulnerable people in church. And that that's why I was so upset when that woman did come to the church there and telling the people them to get their bread and their bread and whatever, and bring it the next day. And I saw some of the, I saw one or two young people and said, my God, they, they have such need. And they're so innocently being duped into bringing a whole loaf of bread and whatever else to them. Um, to get this blessing that this woman gonna gonna pronounce upon them, you know. But there's, but they are in need. They are the need. They are the looking for job. They are the looking. They are the looking for some security or whatever. And they're, and you play on their vulnerability. That's what happens, you know. So it's it's we need to be very careful, you know, mm-hmm. that we don't that in the way that we deliver the thing, we do not play on people's vulnerability by making false, unbiblical promises. And we need to we need to be balance in the scripture you know we're not promising you um um wealth you know <laughs> silver and gold as peter says we have none but such as we have we're gonna console you in the name of jesus we're gonna comfort you in the name of jesus we're gonna we're gonna let you know that if you're hoping up your heart and your mind to god that we're not saying you're gonna get silver and gold but we're saying the spirit of god if you allow the spirit of god to work with you he will comfort you he will he will even harden you against the thing that is that is buffeting you you know um so we need to we need to be very balanced in the word of god and don't make it sound as emily said like some sort of a magician i think i use the word talisman that god we take god as some sort of a talisman you know and and and, and that's it we need to be very very careful the way that we deliver the word of god
0: mm, no, no, i agree i think it's probably a uh... A good place to to drop an anchor. Mm. Um, your chances are, yeah. If we if we do reconvene on this, we'll probably only give it maybe like another half an hour. Give it up to.
3: Well, we'll, oh, we'll but, see where we
0: go with it. To be fair, because but...
3: I'll tell you what I will do. Since you since you you did send it to me, I can remember you sent it to me. I will actually, I will listen to it for next time. Um, oh, the, uh, to this one. Did you send this one to me?
0: No, no. This is not the one I sent you. Okay. The one I sent you is um like you if you think this is bad <laughs> if you think this is bad uh nah it's it's far far worse. I I, I, I made the I think the only decision I regret hey,
1: his name his name means so... Oh
0: sorry. That's all right. <laughs> the only um the only regret I had was that I didn't have you guys with me to go through that one. I it was torture going through the first one on my own. Um, I guess it'll be there to for you guys to uh to listen to on the on the recording side of things. But it was, yeah, like I thought. I thought what I had was bad. I think it gets that a little bit worse, and especially because I referenced it in the part two because they put a trailer out, and even the trailer was controversial. Just have the entire thing posted was just like, okay, if you knew that you were gonna get heat for the trailer. Wouldn't you think, okay, maybe we've done wrong by this? Let's try and look at it. It was like, nope, we're going to go with it. We're just going to post it all out. Okay.
3: Yeah, because, because and, and the reason for that, you know, this guy's already got his, his congregation and mm. they're loyal, they're faithful. You say anything to them to, to against him in their presence and they'll rip your soul out. Mm. They'll, they'll, they'll tear you to pieces like wild wolves. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's won their hearts and minds.
0: I think we'll come back to this one at some point in the near future but um, I think this has been rather insightful and there's a lot to take away from this going forward Um so I hope you've enjoyed this episode and um, if you have any other requests for similar reviews like this um, like I have in mind revival culture now one that I mentioned in here if you have any other ones in the future that you would like us to certainly to delve into by all means drop us a link and a description in questionnaire think we got down below or if you're following us on Instagram by all means send us a message on there and we'll more than happy to delve into this sort of thing At um, present I would like to thank you for tuning through us over this three-part series this far um, and I hope that you have Had a chance to really reflect on everything that is going on during this Holy Week. Um, Hope you can join us for the quick expert that we've got after this. That has been uploaded in regards to Resurrection Sunday and Holy Week. And until the next one, take care and God bless.